welcome back to another episode of the Running in Circles podcast. I'm your host, Zach Hamilton, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Harvard's Graham Blanks. Graham is an upcoming junior this year and is looking to do some big things with his team bringing back all their major scores in cross country and track. Graham placed second in the 5K and sixth in the 10K at the 2023 NCAA Outdoor National Championship and fifth at Cross Country Nationals in the fall of 2022. In this episode, Graham and I discuss the in and outs of Harvard University, break down its championship races, and more. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Graham Blanks. So Graham, welcome to the pod. Something unique about you is that you run for Harvard. I'm kind of interested in a lot about that. So what is kind of the application process for that? Yeah, so it's it's a little bit different in the Ivy League. Um, you know, there's no there's a lot of ambiguity about it, but it's actually pretty simple. Um, there's no scholarship, no athletic scholarships in the Ivy League, um, and it's all based on uh, need based aid, and that's for all the students, not just athletes. So, um, they don't distinguish athletes from students. We're all just students. Um, so you know, once you get into this school. Um, the scholarship is based on, you know, your family's income and assets, et cetera. And you get what, what you need basically is, is how it works. You know, they, they have a calculator for it, et cetera. Um, however, for the athlete, it is a little bit different. Um, you know, depending on the Ivy League school, there's a certain, certain number of slots um, that are allotted to uh, each, um, each coach for the uh, track team. Um, for example, like, our coach, Coach Gibby, gets a certain number of uh, recruiting slots uh, for the distance program. Um, and if you're one of those recruited athletes, you basically get um, a guaranteed admission into the school. It's, it's not guaranteed. Um, you still have to meet um, some academic requirements. So, you know, our coach filters that out in the recruiting process. And then even once you've met those requirements, you still need to apply to the school um, and actually get in. Um, but you know, with the with the recruiting uh, slots, it's, it's much easier, um, much easier to get in, and obviously the odds of getting in are exponentially higher than that for um, a, a regular student. Um, and yeah, that's basically how it works. Is basically the the trade off of going to an Ivy League school from a, a regular school is um, guaranteed uh, admission into a an, an amazing institution versus um, you know getting a getting a scholarship to go to school. I feel like my perception of people who go to Ivy Leagues is a lot of them are like always wanting to go there and that's their dream from when they're in middle school. But were you one of those people or did it just pop up in high school? Yeah, I mean, I went I went to a pretty good school like in Athens. It was, it was like a college preparatory prep school. So, of course, like they talk about college a lot. I, I didn't really care that much, though, to be to be frank, like until maybe high school later on. Um, and, you know, I didn't really even care about like different uh, – like schools or like prestigious schools. Um, I will say like my, my dad once um, we did some visits, like maybe in like middle school or it wasn't, a, it wasn't even college visits, but we were just in New York for a trip. And my dad, um, he like dragged me to Columbia, um, which, you know, is an Ivy league school um, in New York. And I was like, Holy fuck, this place is dope. Like this place is, is really cool. Um, so I actually wanted to go to go to Columbia for a while. Um, and I ended up taking an official visit there, but long story short, like that was, yeah, I, I guess I did kind of 
start um, eyeing Ivy League schools because, you know, I started looking into Columbia after I visited there. And I was like, oh, wow, these, you know, these are great schools. Um, a lot of them have good teams, great traditions. Uh, and yeah, so um, it was something on my radar. And I definitely wanted to go to um, a good academic school. Like I wanted to not necessarily cash out, but I wanted to take advantage of of my running from high school and, you know, get a, get a really good education that I might not be able to otherwise um, without the, uh, you know, ac- uh, athletic success on my resume. During that application process, are you someone who gets pretty stressed out or are you more chill about it? Yeah, definitely more chill. I mean, um, you know, you hear the horror stories about like, uh, like recruiting calls and stuff. Um, or sorry about like recruiting and stuff. Like, so like you might hear like some people, you know, um, they, you know, they're recruited by an Ivy league school and there's like a 1% chance you don't get in. Um, and, you know, really the only way that happens is if you go into your admissions interview and say something like racist or misogynistic. So like, if you're just a good normal person, like you're going to get in. So, um, so I wasn't really stressed out cause I'm not racist or misogynistic. So <laughs> I kind of figured I would get in. Um, but you know, you still got to go through the application process. Um, I still had to open up the application just like every other student does, you know, and I did that in front of my parents and I didn't know if I was going to get in or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a little bit of relief, uh, relief to get into the school. Um, so, you know, there's always a little bit of stress because if you don't get in, you know, you got to change plans, but if you get one of those recruiting allotments, uh, you know, you're, you're pretty much good. What do you think is one of the number one misconceptions about Harvard or just Ivy Leagues in general? Oh, definitely, definitely the people. Um, you know, I didn't actually, and that's a good question because, uh, you know, the, uh, I wasn't originally going to visit Harvard because of my misconceptions of the people. Um, you know, I thought like, I mean, you see the movies, like Harvard gets a lot of, um, a lot of rep in the pop culture, like pop culture industry. Like, you know, I, I've, I've watched like the social network, you know, and I've heard about Harvard, et cetera. Like it has a lot of social capital. Um, and I thought everyone was either going to be nerds or like, or, you know, just like preppy, like kids who are rich. Um, and that's part of the reason why I didn't, I didn't originally want to originally want to visit Harvard. Um, thankfully I did because it turns out it's not true at all. Um, and of course, you do have a bunch of nerds, uh, which I, I love nerds, um, and then a bunch of preppy rich kids, which I don't love so much, but, you know, they're there. Um, but for the most part, you just have really, um, really interested or interesting, um, talented and like smart people at Harvard. You know, um, everyone gets in for like amazing reasons. Uh, you know, you don't you don't just get into Harvard for having good grades. You know, there's there's stuff about people that's that's pretty amazing um, you know, business owners, um, you know, athletes, um, et et cetera, just like, um, amazing accomplishments outside the classroom. Um, so it's definitely the people, um, that I find are like, it's it's the biggest misconception of Harvard is that, um, maybe the people are assholes, but they're, they're really not. There's a lot of really cool people at Harvard and, and especially like on my team, um, you know, and, and the staff on my team, it's just amazing. Like, you know, our coaching staff is, is really down to earth, really funny, not pretentious at all, which for some reason I thought they'd be pretentious, but they have nothing to do with Harvard. They're just hired by Harvard. Um, and then the people on our team, you know, are just amazing. Like I'm, I'm so blessed and honored to, to even, 
be on the team with these guys. I mean, they're, they're so smart. They have so much going on and like, you know, our team also has a lot of walk-ons. So like we have a bunch of incredible people that got into the school on their own, um, which, you know, is just insane. Other than the people, what do you think are some of the th- unique things that separates Harvard from other schools and really makes you like it? Um, I mean, you know, obviously um, the academics are great, um, which is amazing. Um, but, you know, there's plenty of schools that have good academics um, and the people are great. Um, you know, I'll say one thing that distinguishes it um, in terms of running is definitely the location. So, you know, uh, Harvard's in Boston, um, technically Cambridge, so a little bit west of Boston. Um, but it's it's actually, like, an amazing place to train. I mean, unbelievable. Like, like Boston may, maybe gets a bad rep because of the weather. Um, but really, if you're at Harvard, it, it does not matter. Like, we have some amazing places to run, like, from campus, like, which I would argue that we have the best like running routes from campus as in like straight from our locker room than any other school in the country, which is incredibly unique um, being in a city because normally you wouldn't have many options being in a city like New York, Chicago, Atlanta, LA, et cetera. But like just from our locker room that we have just so many routes, you know, so many to to a fault because we have to argue about which route we're going to do that day. Um, And not to mention, you know, we have access to vans, you know, uh, Harvard Athletics rents some vans for our team every year. And, you know, some of the guys on our team, uh, we like sign up onto the Harvard insurance and we're able to drive the van. So on Sundays, we can drive out to like some amazing spots um, for long runs, which, you know, we have too many to, to even count. You know, there's places we don't even go to um, that are amazing. And we can even like drive further out to um, places to like work out. Like there's great tempo loops that are soft surface, multiple options, great places to do, you know, hilly grass stuff for cross-country prep, et cetera. And then, you know, just Harvard itself has some great facilities. Like we have an indoor and an outdoor track, which is we are just I'm so grateful to have. I mean, having your own 200-meter banked indoor track is just so rare. Um, And it's amazing to have. And then we also have, like, our own route for tempos, like, on campus, which is really nice um, when it gets icy outside because we can just run straight from the – straight from the locker room um, around our athletic facilities. It's the 1200 loop, um, kind of infamous in the Boston running community. So, you know, you'll see a lot of people running out there. Um, but yeah, I definitely say um, one big distinguishing factor of Harvard, other than the obvious, um, is its location. Mm-hmm. What are some of the coolest things to do or places to go around there when you're not running? Um, I mean, obviously, like, you can go into Boston, which is a great, you know, amazing city. And, you know, we can, we can take the train, um, the, the, the T, you know, straight from campus, really easy ride. Or otherwise you could have a bike, you can take the bike or the bus, um, really easy access to Boston, which, you know, has an amazing restaurants, amazing entertainment, like, et cetera. Um, and then even in Cambridge, it's an amazing spot. Like, you know, Harvard has some incredible museums, uh, some that I haven't been to yet. Uh, I mean, they, they have so much shit at those museums, like they get in trouble for it. Um, so like, it's, it's cool to go in and like see all this stuff that they have. Um, otherwise like the food is amazing. Um, surprisingly a lot of good Mexican places, um, in Boston and especially in Harvard square, like we have two places that are just great. Um, so honestly, that's the main thing I like to do 
outside of running in school is just like go and eat with people like um because there's a lot of good restaurants um and i mean yeah that's that's basically one of my, my favorite things to do outside of running is just to eat with friends i mean period when you were going into college for the first year were you worried at all about how hard it would be to balance running and all the schoolwork with harvard being one of the more prestigious schools and how have you found um how hard it is to balance those things oh yeah definitely i mean um i had no idea what to expect um and you know as 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 uh as prepared as you think you are for freshman year like you really never are I, and i don't know if that's the case at other schools but it's definitely at harvard um there's a huge learning curve um when you come in as a freshman you know it's definitely by far the most exciting year of your life for sure but it's a lot of stress and it's it's a huge change you know to come in and live with all these people um the classes you know they're not easy um, I'm not going to say they're super hard, but they're not easy. Um, you know, I, I struggled maybe a, uh, a lot <laughs> freshman year. Um, and that's even with, you know, I took a gap year. So I had my training down. Like I had my, my social life down. Like I already had my friends. So I was like, perfect. I can focus on school. I'll be good to go. Not true. You know, it's still a big learning curve. And, you know, you don't go to Harvard because it's easy. You know, you go because it's hard. Um, so I learned a lot freshman year. Um and, you know, now at this point, like I'm about to be a junior, um, I've got, you know, I'd like to think I have most, most of my stuff figured out. Um, you learn how to balance school with, with you know, running. Um, and it's not easy, but, you know, ev- everyone does it. So your first year there or just any of the other uh, years there, are there any funny stories or things that happen that come to mind? Fuck. I mean, freshman year, I was a mess, dude. Like, um, let me see. I mean, one, one time we had like, we're, we're pretty tight with, uh, Boston university. Um, so sometimes, you know, every now and then, um, they'll host like a mixer. So like two of our teams, um, and you know, our men's team kind of, uh, we have like a dry season during, um, during cross country. So we don't drink. So when it comes time to drink, you know, we go kind of crazy just cause everyone's been hunkered down for so long. So I went to this, this party with BU and I like, I'm for some reason, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of infamous now between the two schools for being this guy who, who broke a table at the party. Um, so like my song when I'm, my song is Chicken Fried by Zach Bryant. Um, and it came on and I got up on the, on this table and I started singing and it, it broke. Um, and so like, you know, of course I went to like the owner of, or like the, whoever's apartment it was or whoever's owner of the table was. And I like, I was just like, I'm so sorry. Just like, here's my number. Like, just text me tomorrow. And the next day I was like, I texted them. I was like, look, I can get you a table. I'll bring it to your apartment. Um, you don't have to worry about it. Like I already found, like I already sor- like sourced like four tables from Facebook market and they're basically free. All I had to do is pick them up and deliver it there. And who knew that that would have been a good experience, you know, um, <laughs> with, with being the BU team. But um, instead of that, the the person who owned the table just Venmo requested me for like like three hundred dollars or something. Maybe it was one hundred fifty. I can't remember. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of my funny story is basically going one fifty down for breaking a table mm-hmm. at a party, and that that pretty much sums up my freshman year. So, um, yeah, it was, it was my story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. What's been the most challenging part about college for you? Do you think? Um, I mean, definitely time management. Um, 
it's hard. It's really hard to like balance school um, with athletics, especially when you're when you're running at such a high level. Like our coach does not assign like easy training. It's it's very difficult by any standard. Um, and in order to like sustain the training, you got to sleep a lot. Um, and at Harvard, not a very good sleep culture um, with the with the regular students. Um, so as a team, it's really important to like carve out some time for recovery for ourselves. Um, and it's not that easy with the amount of uh, workload you get. So, you know, the biggest, the, the biggest challenge my freshman year was figuring that out, like trying to find time to sleep, um, trying to make sure like I knew I needed to get ahead of my work before practice or like early in the week. That way, you know, you can get your nine hours of sleep, recover. Otherwise, you're going to get injured. Um, and I think that I think that goes for anyone um, running in college um, is time management is honestly like the biggest thing. It's, it's just being able to balance um, all the aspects of your life. Um, and, you know, at Harvard, for the most part, the two aspects of your life are running and doing work. Um, you find time to socialize, of course, but it's really important to get um, to get that balance between those those two key pillars um, and finding that time to recover. What are you majoring in there at Harvard and post-college is the goal to go pro or do you want to do something with your major? Uh, so the answer to that first part, I'm doing, um, hopefully doing a double major um, in economics and philosophy. So I've already declared for economics and I'm, I'm well on my way to, um, to uh, you know, reaching those credits for that degree. Um, and then I'm also hoping to get a degree in philosophy just cause I really enjoy it. And I haven't, I've, you know, I've gone through my schedule for the rest of my time, um, in school looks like I'll probably have enough room to, to fit in those, uh, those credits. And it's just something I'm, I'm really interested in. Um, and, you know, in terms of, uh, career goals, you know, I'd, I'd love to, you know, pursue, pursue running until I believe I've, I've met my potential. Um, and you know, who knows how long that'll be. Um, I know it's based, usually contracts are based off like Olympic cycles and stuff. I, and I haven't really put too much thought into it. Um, but I would, I would obviously love, love to keep running until I think I've, I've accomplished my goals. Um, and then after that, you know, anything, anything goes, I mean, I'm interested in a lot of things. Um, and I think an economics degree, um, encapsulates most most of those things um so there's there's a whole there's a plethora of things i would love to do i mean um you know i mean i i I do think finances would be a good job i mean for the most part just because how much money it pays um but there's also things i'm really interested in like um potentially like local politics or um and infrastructure like I'm, i'm i'm really into biking um and running pedestrian infrastructure so anything down down that avenue and then and then obviously athletics. I'd love to, to you know, stay in the in the industry. Um, I work at a running store um, seasonally um, when I'm home for the for the winter. But when I was in high school, I worked at a running store for um, during the summers. So um, I would love to stay in the running industry, and if not that athletics industry. Um, but to be honest, you know, I have I have no idea what I'm going to do. Just going to see, um, just kind of see what what comes to me. Do you know if you're going to be running at USA's in July? I know in an interview I watched with you after NCAA's, I think you said you might be going on a trip to England. So can you talk about that? 
yeah, um, we decided not to. Um, you know, it's definitely something I really wanted to do. Um, it's a, you know, it's a really cool opportunity to get to run there against the pros. Um, and just didn't really fit into the schedule. I mean, um, there's a lot of reasons. Like we have a, a, a trip with Harvard, you know, the team coming up to England, um, where we compete against Oxford and Cambridge. Uh, it's like, uh, every like four years we go over there. So it's a really big deal. And I, I wanted to do that. Um, and with that, you know, if I, if I did do that, uh, if I did do USAs, it'd basically be, I traveled to England in a few days, stay there for 10 days. I'd come back to Boston for a few days and then fly to Oregon, um, to compete. So I'd basically be going halfway across the world and then competing. So it, you know, would not be ideal racing scenario. Um, and you know, this HY is this, this trip we're about coming up on is like once in a lifetime. Um, and hopefully I'll have multiple opportunities to run at USA's in the future. Um, and then, you know, also, um, it extends my season in, you know, late, late into July or, you know, early July. Um, and I really want to get my, my cross country base going. Cause, um, I really think, uh, Harvard has a shot at, at doing something pretty incredible this fall. And, and I, I just want to be all in, um, for that. And I feel like doing USA's would be an individual pursuit. Um, and I really want to just be there for my team, um, and score as few points as possible. Um, because you know, like like I said, I think we're hoping to go to Charlottesville this year and do something pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate a little more on what you're going to be doing on the trip into England? Yeah, I mean it's pretty cool. It's like a it's it's the uh, it's it's called HYOC, so it's a quad meet um, between Harvard, Yale, um, and then Oxford and Cambridge. Um, I think it's the uh, I'm not sure if it's right or not, but I think it's the oldest like international athletics comp. Uh, international athletics competition in the world so it's been going on for a long time really old tradition and basically you know harvard and yale we we fly over and we compete as a team against oxford and cambridge um which you know oxford and cambridge are a team um and you know it's it's a it's a pretty low pressure meet like i'm not training anymore and i'm gonna race in it um but it's still like a a really big deal Uh, you gotta qualify for the meet and uh you know at in uh in outdoor track you gotta basically place in like the top two at the harvard yale meet um so it's not easy to do because there's a lot of good runners at harvard and yale um but we stay over there for 10 days you know travel around um there's a lot of cool stuff we could do like there's a big banquet um i mean obviously we could go to england which is really cool um and then we get to compete against those two schools and we get our own own gear you know our own pretty neat um and it's definitely one of the one of the perks of going to harvard like i heard about it in the recruiting process and i thought that's that's really cool um because you know getting to travel with friends is like one of life's greatest pleasures um and i'm, I'm really excited to go over there um with a lot of my teammates and closest friends awesome so moving on to your ncaa's experience but you just did the 10k 5k double there but before we do that do you say NCAA or NCAA? Because I've heard it a few different ways. Personally, I say NCAA, but I'm interested to hear what you say. I think I'm an NCAA guy. Um, I've heard some people say it weird ways, like other than NCAA. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely NCAA. I've been calling that NCAA forever. 
Yeah, same. I've just I've just recently in some interviews heard him say NCAA, and it's just but yeah. Some people come up with right. some weird it's stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what were the conversations going into the meet, and why did you ultimately decide to go for the double and not just do one of the events? Um, I mean, conversations like I want to win every race. Um, so you know, I wanted to win the 10k. I wanted to win the 5k. Um. And, you know, my coach knew that and, and, you know, going, going into every race, trying to win actually isn't always the optimal strategy. So, um, you know, my coach tried to like, like cool me down. Um, and you know, he, he would do that before the races and just tell me to, you know, sit in the race and, and see what, see what I had in my legs that day. Um, but in terms of doing the double, um, it's something I'd already done like twice that season. So I, I already did the double at, uh, at, uh, the Ivy league championships, uh, the 5k 10k and then i obviously did it at regionals in order to qualify it so it wasn't really a double i was afraid of doing um and you know i actually so you know from ivy leagues um the ivy league championships and the regionals i found that you know the 10k didn't really affect my 5k that much for whatever reason so i wasn't really worried about that 10k um you know m- like making my performance worse in the 5k um, and even at the Ivy League Championships, um, it's a two-day meet. So you do the 10K one night, and then the next day you do the 5K. So if anything, I was overprepared. Um, and the reason I wanted to do both was just because, you know, I mean, I, I just wanted to score as many points uh, as I could for, for Harvard. Um, and we, we had a really good weekend. You know, we had uh, one of our throwers, uh, Kenny, um, ended up winning the hammer throw. So 10 big points for us. And then... I was able to scrape, um, like whatever, like maybe, uh, 13 points. I don't know. I got, I got six and six and second. So I don't know what the point breakdown is for that, but ended up getting like 11th, which was, which was really big for the team. Like, um, one of our best scoring meets ever. And, and we, under, we outperformed our ranking by a lot. Um, and I think there's actually a lot of, a lot of room for improvement considering it was just two guys from our team that scored. Um, and we're bringing both back. Um, for two more years. So um, something pretty exciting um, to look forward to, like next couple seasons is that, you know, not, you know, if you're a recruit looking at Harvard, it's not just our distance team that's looking good, but it's our track team as well. Um, and we outperformed our, our cross country performance earlier. So that was the main reason that I, I that I pursued the double. Yeah, it was, was just uh, points. I know it was pretty hot there in Austin. So do you feel like the heat was playing a factor and how do you think it impacted you personally in the race? It definitely was in the 10 K. I, I mean, I'll tell you that. And I, I didn't expect it to be that bad because I'm from Athens, Georgia and, you know, grow, in high school, I trained in some really tough weather um, where, you know, if you woke up too early, the humidity would be too much. And if you woke up too late, the heat would be too high. Um, so either way, you know, you're suffering through the summer training um, so I, I thought I was prepared for it, but that, that 10 K, I mean, God, like it, it, it hurt like, uh, 30 minutes on a track, like degree weather is never easy. Um, that's something I've learned, um, for the 5k, um, I don't think it, it was as bad, but you know, I still felt it. Um, so, you know, yeah, if, if someone tells you like, um, blaming the weather is, is a wuss move, it's, it's not true. You know, it, it definitely is um, a real thing. Mm-hmm.
and the 5K. So can you kind of break down that race for me and maybe specifically those last couple laps where lots of moves were being made? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, like, you know, after the 10K, I didn't, I didn't really know what I had in me. Um, the 10K, like, really uh, beat me up uh, afterwards. Like I said, the heat was tough and it was a fast race. Um, and I didn't feel so good um, that night after the race. Um, so it was just kind of seeing what I had. Um, you know, the day, the day after the 10K, I felt all right on my pre-race. So obviously I wanted to win, but I just, I just had to see what I had on that day. So just tried to go off the back at the beginning. Um, and it ended up being slow, like I, like I thought it would be, hopefully. Um, so I worked my way up throughout the race. And then probably right when the, the move started being made was uh, a mile out. Um, when Nico, um, Nico took it, uh, with a mile out pretty hard. I think he ran like a 60. Um, and so I, I was basically at that point, I was prepared to run like a four flat. Like I was like, this guy's going to, this guy's going to make us hurt. So I just got into line and, and just like tried to settle in. Um, thankfully he slowed down a little bit. Uh, cause I'm not sure if I would have been able to run a four flat. Um, so at that point when it slowed down, I was like, okay, this, this is going to come down to a kick. Um, and, and thankfully, um, you know, with Nico throwing in that 60 second, um, surge, it took the kick out of a lot of guys, uh, who otherwise might be able to beat me, um, at a one lap race. Uh, so I just tried to settle in for the next two laps, um, and, and conserve for that last lap. And then I was able to, you know, I, I should have, I should have covered a move when Kai went. Um, unfortunately, you know, I, I didn't really put myself in a great spot, maybe lost a little focus. Um, and it's, it's definitely something that I'm going to, uh, try to focus on, um, you know, for next year, but I was, you know, I, I'm really happy with how I was able to outkick those, those other guys in the chase pack. Um, and hopefully I can apply that to, to next year in, in the, in the lead pack. You mentioned earlier how Harvard has a lot to be excited for as a team in the next couple of years and kind of how you guys beat your ranking and how you came in a little bit underrated. So how do you feel going into a big national meet underrated? And do you feel like it affects you and it when you have less pressure on you or what are your thoughts on that? Oh, dude, I love being underrated. It's the best, best part about sports. I mean, it's, it makes it so much easier to compete without pressure. Um, I love having a chip on my shoulder and I think that's, that's what uh, our team is all about. You know, um, you know, it's not, it's not easy for us to recruit. Um, and, you know, by certain standards, it's not, not easy for us to be good athletes, you know, cause we have a lot of, um, a lot on our plate with athletics. Um, but you know, we, we do it anyways. And, um, and you know, it's, it's fun to go out and, and, and try to compete with the best. Um, and like I said, like we've, we've been doing pretty well the past few years, um, think we got like our 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 think like our scores from the past few years were like 15th 12th and 17th um from ncaa's um i'm not entirely sure if that's right or not um so i think we're at a point where we've kind of hit a plateau um a respectable plateau i would say but um i think we're ready to do something that's that's um that we can be proud of and like and and take home with us after we graduate and, and have an amazing memory so um, we're returning all our scores from last year, um, and we're bringing in some good recruits. Um, so I, I, I really do think, um, if we can put it all together in Charlottesville on race day, we can, we can do something exciting. Mm, awesome.
Moving on to a few would you rathers to wrap it up. Would you rather adopt a British accent every time you're having a serious conversation or laugh every time someone cries? Hmm. I mean, we've got a lot of British people on our team and that accent is pretty silly. So I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go with the laugh. I'm going to go in my Joker era and just, just keep laughing. Interesting. All right. All right. I feel like the the British accent might, maybe it would lighten the mood in the serious conversation, but yeah. That is true. Yeah, that is true. Would you rather get a face tattoo of something of your choosing or a tattoo in a discreet area chosen by someone else? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to, fuck, I don't know. I mean, face tattoo is as bad as it gets. So I, I would think that my, the person picking my tattoo might, might put it on my face. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put a tattoo of like, um, of the 1200 meter loop on my forehead, which is the tempo loop we train at. So I'm gonna put that right on my forehead and show my commitment to this team. All right. I like it. Just, just going all out, you know? You yeah, can exactly. Be proud of would you rather talk like Yoda or breathe like Darth Vader? <laughs> Darth Vader. Or <laughs> Darth Vader. <laughs> I'd rather be feared than loved. All right, all right. Yeah, it'd be it'd be pretty funny either way, especially in the running sense. It's just exactly, like yeah. I think of the uh, pre-race hype talk or whatever either way. It's just, people are just not going to be able to take you seriously. Right, right. But, yeah. Well, that's all I've got. I appreciate you coming on, man. Absolutely, dude. Good questions. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Running in Circles. If you enjoyed it, please send it over to a friend who you think might find it entertaining and enjoy other podcast episodes. Also, go ahead and leave a five-star review on either Spotify or Apple Podcast if you really want to support me and help me continue to bring the best podcast I can to you. I'm your host, Zach Hamilton, and I'll see you next time on Running in Circles.